Hey, this is Eugene Rapkin, and you're listening to the Style Zeitgeist Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Eugene. I am back with Philippe Perhashemi, critic, journalist, consultant, as it is our already longtime tradition. We're here to review this uh, menswear season that just passed, spring, summer uh, 24. Welcome, Philippe. Hi, Eugene. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, we were together in Paris uh, doing a few shows. So that was super nice, despite the heat. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Actually, this time, I mean, it was hot, but, you know, we've seen much worse. Uh, one day was <laughs> unbearable. Have. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But we both started in Florence at Pizzi Uomo, which felt for me this time kind of... I don't want to say depressing, but it definitely didn't have the same energy, I think, that it's had before pandemic. And there were definitely fewer brands and there were definitely fewer attendees, mercifully fewer peacocks. But, you know, there was also kind of missing. And for me, uh, you know, I hate to say it and I, I hope I don't sound disrespectful because it is an Italian fair, but it's also an international fair. The lack of Japanese brands this time, I really felt it because the Japanese always do bring that something extra to the fair. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And also, I think, you know, in terms of actual events, runway shows, uh, I guess in January, there were more things going on and uh, perhaps the shows were better too. And there was also this whole issue with Fendi at the beginning. We thought as guests that maybe Fendi would involve itself with pity but in the end it did something completely separate so uh you know fendi was announced as being one of the key events and in the end it was something completely distinct from the fair so i think that's a bit of a missed opportunity it would have been nice uh to see them in florence and to see what they would have come up with instead we were yeah. left with erl which was you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> literally the worst show i've ever been to in my life what an unmitigated disaster i i don't really you're gonna have to tell me because i i haven't really followed what this guy does i'm not that familiar with him i know that quite a few people buy his clothes but i just don't i mean i didn't get the show i didn't understand what it was about it was kind of it's yeah i mean this guy is like trashy. usual i don't know it was it was total trash. It's like it was it really highlighted the lack of skills on the part of these hype designers. And ERL is just another LA story. We've seen it many times already. Mm -hmm. You know, with Fear of God, Amiri, etc. Just a well connected kid. Yeah. You know, well connected in LA who just has absolutely no skills in designing and makes this whatever street weary la i mean some of the clues stuff. were horrendous they didn't even fit the guys i just didn't get it I just didn't it understand. was terrible they, they, yeah they weren't even clothes they were like some kind of uh i don't know fancy dress right halloween party yeah 
Maybe yeah, it was a Halloween yeah, exactly. This is, yeah, this is the stuff you buy in New York, like at Halloween shops, and, and yes. the quality was about the same. Yeah. Like even looking at it, yeah. And I just felt I felt kind of bad for everyone involved, even for like it felt almost insulting. Like the lack of effort felt insulting. You know, you were invited on a world onto a world stage with international yeah. press etc and you're just simply saying i don't really care you know like i couldn't care less yeah because even just, you know even telfar when he did the show at pt i mean he's also american but the collection was amazing and the venue was uh, the whole concept was great and i felt he really made an effort also to address uh the renaissance and to address florence and to actually involve Florence or Italy or that tradition into the show and into the collection. That's what Martin did also last season. And here it was something that felt totally disconnected from anything. It was like, you know, looking at looking at yourself the whole time. It was just like dull, you know, just completely yeah. a, a friend. <laughs> A friend sent me a picture in the middle of the show who was also at the show. He just sent me, texted me a picture of a sign that said, "Our we kept our expectations very low for you, but holy fuck. <laughs> this is exactly... And this is exactly how it felt. Um, and and you write about Telfar. Like I'm, I'm not a fan of Telfar whatsoever. And I did not think the collection was great, but you are completely right he he tried you know the, it was yeah. a respectful you know same could be said hood by air back in the day i don't know if you were that one uh, no I like did, at I least he tried yeah. yeah at mm -hmm. least they were trying there was a kind of this just felt sort of disrespectful to to the fair and i totally agree with you about fancy that talk about being disrespectful they they said yeah well, the, in, like you said they were going it was billed as the highlight of Pizza Uomo, but what they did was completely separate so I also find it insulting they didn't invite any of us you know it, it was mm. the usual LVMH story the, it was done completely by themselves yeah. um, none of the editors from Pizza Uomo were invited except obviously you know your GQs and whatever, your Condonese and all that. Yeah, well, Granway and all that bullshit. Um, and, yeah, and it was really like, why are you doing this? You could have just done this on your own just as successfully without... All these power flexes on the part of LVMH are really starting to grate and they're really insulting and we will get to Louis Vuitton in due course but that was another one at the moment I feel that LVMH is very much into displays of power and obscene money you know look how mm -hmm. much money we can throw out of the window and look at where we can you know uh, fly people all around what guests we can have how many celebrities we can put in the front row I mean the clothes are kind of irrelevant I guess but totally you know, it, it's, it's complete corporate power and greed and and trying to get more and more you know as if they didn't yeah. have enough so that's that's yeah. really what i felt yeah there's no limits basically yeah 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 well 
Anyway, I know neither you nor I went to Milan, and I know you went back home, and I went to Venice. And judging by, by the reaction of the editors who were texting me, like being all jealous of my photos from Venice, <laughs> Milan you were not was, missing much. That's for yeah, sure. yeah, I was not missing much. <laughs> uh, it uh, sounded, it looked like it looked very boring boring and kind of generic and people sort of trying to copy each other and mm -hmm. also like things like you know workwear at valentino like really works a lot of things were kind of anonymous clothes with no real flavor uh, also yeah. for prada was dreary and dry but no. okay by now we used we used to this because you know that's what modern is yeah, um, yeah, and, sexless, know, sexless, and dreary. Yeah, so that that was it, and uh, yeah, nothing to get excited about. Zero emotion, just product, product, product. Mm. You know, everywhere. Yeah, oh. yeah. The, again, the only show I really liked was Zenia, but at least you know you're going to get beautiful clothes in amazing fabrics. Uh, yeah, Prada was just like I, I don't. It's just so gray, literally and figuratively. It's just very, very zero energy in those clothes. And there's no Mucha Prada in there anymore. I mean, yeah, there's no whimsy. You know, she's she's at Mew Mew now. That's where you will find her. That's mm -hmm. where you find her kind of perversity and irony and everything. But yeah, in the men's, it just feels like a very uninspiring, flat proposal. Yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah. it seems to be doing very well commercially. People love it, and there's a new generation that wears Prada that yeah. seems to appreciate uh, triangles yeah. everywhere. So, but yeah, they're I only mean, exactly they're, they're not wearing the runway stuff. They're just wearing the the, the commercial collection. The yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's just black nylon with the logo. That's what's that's what's driving the brand now. Hmm. Uh, and obviously, bags and shoes as usual. But here, yeah, all this nylon crap, and it's just like it looks so cheap. <laughs> Every time I see someone in this, I'm just like, you look so cheap. Like this is not luxury. But the thing like, is, it how is much cheap, you, you know. And that, it is cheap. <laughs> and yeah, was, yeah. yeah, and that was actually the whole point that you know when she started to use nylon, she was being subversive. I mean, mm. she was turning a utilitarian fabric into a luxury must-have, and I think that that was almost like telling everybody to fuck off. You know, going like, I'm going to yeah. sell you nylon bags the same price as as Chanel mm -hmm. handbags and you're going to buy them, you know, and that's what she did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also I just want to see those profit <laughs> margins. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I think in a way it's very similar to what Chanel did with Jersey, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and taking like a poor material and, and turning it into a hot commodity. I mean, she did that too. Yeah, so I yeah, think yeah. that was kind of, and it was perverse and it was kind of, you know, mm -hmm. insulting also, but I kind of enjoyed that the way she did it. But yeah. 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 Apparently yeah. there are people that can, that can wear an island 24 seven and not wear anything else. So, I mean, if, you know, that's probably the tracksuit generation. I don't know <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's also like not a very pleasant nylon like no, i've seen much better not very nylon. breathable no <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean like you know like like arcteryx valence is like much better nylon 
<laughs> than Prada. Yes. It's like way more high quality. It's one third of the price. But whatever people want to buy it, it's 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 their prerogative to yeah. And what's going on with the JW Anderson? That felt kind of I mean, it. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting question because I feel like he's trying to become Mr. Conceptual now in fashion. Mm-hmm. So he does these shows that are quite highbrow, uh, concept-based, quite difficult to understand. And at the same time, the clothes are quite generic, but they're not really. They're sort of like twisting real clothes. And there's this kind of idea to look at reality from a, a different angle. But sometimes I get into it and and this time I didn't really I didn't really get into it. It was strange. Yeah. But I don't know. I think he's still trying to do something that is challenging, but I didn't feel challenged by the clothes this time mm, personally. Yeah. yeah. Remember when we talked about like what is his signature? It's hard to pin down. And I think like one of Sartorially, it's still hard to pin down, maybe mm-hmm. possible, kind of like Mark Jacobs. Uh, but yeah. I, I guess we can say that whimsy is his signature in terms of expression. And it, this time felt strange for me. This time, JWA looked like Loewe, and Loewe looked like JWA to me. That's true. I don't know if. I don't know, because I was looking at JWN, and I was like, oh, well, the best looks are Loewe, like a long leather coat, like a nice bag. Yeah, you're uh, right. Good. You're right. It was more daring. It was more like normally Loewe is a bit more polished or, or whatever, more elegant. Mm-hmm. But this time, you're right. Loewe felt edgier than GW. But sometimes, yeah. you know, he did a show also, I think, at Pity uh, a few years ago that was extremely commercial. And, yes. you know... He doesn't have problems doing things that are also mundane, and sometimes it's just going to say, mm-hmm. "Well, you know, I'm I'm making a commercial collection. That's what I want to do." And yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of yeah. That's the thing with him, you know. Uh, you don't know yeah, if it's yeah. uh, if it's sort of if there's a real complex intention behind it, or if he's just playing with you, you know, mm-hmm. trying to see how you interpret what he does. I don't know. I think in a way, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it was strange. Valentina also annoyed me the way it annoyed you. This whole like, just whole like fashion latching onto literature. She's like, I, I <laughs> yes. don't, I don't believe any of you. And who is this for? You don't have that audience. Like your audience doesn't fucking read books. What are you talking about? Like, um, and it was kind of strange to see, you know. Hanya Yanagihara's book, A Little Life, being featured. And I mean, I guess I don't know if there are questions of editorial integrity, like her being an editor of New York Times T Magazine, mm. which no one seemed to care about. But okay, whatever. I like, and I think Angela Flacavento also rightly pointed out that's like, that looked kind of remember that second Junior Watanabe menswear collection way way exactly with the time. jeans yeah, yeah yeah with the prints mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it did yeah, it yeah. reminded me a lot of that you're right right you're right yeah yeah yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah when yeah. he pointed out I was like I, I had the same thought and I thought oh I'm glad he wrote he wrote about that That's, yeah it's true uh, and I was it was derivative like, it didn't feel new in any way you know it, it no, wasn't no. it wasn't innovative at all no 
Yeah. Uh, well, all right, Paris then, which is the, the real meat that remains the real uh, meat of the of the season. Uh, I guess we'll. Well, we have to talk about time. the elephant in the room. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> the elephant. Yeah, the, the, the historical Minecraft. show that we both sadly missed. You know. Yeah. 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 I was very, very upset not to be invited. You must have been Mr. very upset. Yes. You must yes. Have terribly <laughs> upset. I had a nice dinner though, so that's good. And considering yes. that those poor editors were stuck there for four hours and they couldn't leave. Uh, and if you complained to me, um, uh, you know, the next day and I said, well, you know what it was about. They were telling you that they bought you, they own you, yeah. that you are for sale and they're the buyer. So their automatic assumption that you have nothing better to do than be there like it's a given for four hours yeah um yeah but that's it's like yeah that that's what it is but yeah let's let's talk about the whole a private company being able to rent a piece of paris to privatize Pontneuf, which is unbelievable yeah right yeah, I thought in Paris, it's in New York, I would understand. I'd be like, yeah, of course, everything is for sale in America or for rent. But in Paris, like to close a major crossing right in the center, you know, talk about a money flex. Money, connections, power. I mean, you have to know a lot of people to be able to do this. But a few years ago, I actually attended a Vuitton show designed by... Um, designed by... Um, Oh, no, I forgot his name, my God, Fashion Amnesia. Um, <laughs> they will come back anyway. But it was, no, it was Place Dauphine and it was also privatized, uh, Virgil, sorry. It was privatized. Yeah. The whole square was privatized just for the show. So I don't know how they do this and I don't know how much they pay for it, but Pont Neuf is a major landmark in the city, so that must have been very expensive, you know, yeah, uh, just to have it for, for all this time, you know yeah and yeah so yeah everyone had to attend except us had to attend uh pharrell's coronation <laughs> and, yeah that's what uh, it looked like yeah. yeah and like you said like the clothes were beside the point and actually i thought some of the clothes weren't that bad like no 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 and i mean and, and at the end of the day it was a show i mean you know yeah. it was it was a performance. I mean, you can't take that away. It was like a major thing that they did. But, you know, it had no subtlety. It had no originality. There was no innovation in the clothing. A lot of stuff looked like the stuff that Farrell himself would wear, you know, mm -hmm. which I guess is going to be new for like 45 seconds and then people will have moved on to something else. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of camouflage, all this like, pixelized camouflage which felt very 2012 you know reminded me of like korean neoprene collections i mean there were things that were just strange and also for something that's supposed to be inspired by joy love and etc all this military wear you know to me felt mm. very in a way kind of aggressive and kind of imperialistic you know as yeah. if as if he was saying well i have one of the biggest brands behind me and we're going to conquer the world together so it just left me with this feeling of 
like a bulldozer, you know, and there were mm-hmm. cars, there were actual the, yeah. vans and jeeps on the runway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was about, I, I kept thinking, oh my God, this is about invading more territory. You know, it's yeah. about like the brand becoming bigger and bigger and, mm-hmm. and trying to, to impose it. And it was strange because I just kept thinking, okay, so is this what the new imperialism is branding? You know, is this what yeah. imperialism is today? to have your brand and let your brand conquer everyone's brain, you know, and any Mm -hmm. piece of territory is conquered by the brand, including major landmarks in the capital of fashion. It's really, I mean, you couldn't escape that kind of imagery. It was, it was very forceful and it was very, I don't know, very, um, quite nasty, you know, in its power. It's quite kind Mm. of, yeah, quite forceful. Yeah. Mm. So there there are two points I want to make. The first one, it was very telling. Bernard Arnault said that Louis Vuitton is not a fashion brand. It's a cultural brand. And it's very clear that he's gunning for, you know, and they are, have become a reflection of pop culture, which Mm -hmm. is crass, vulgar, materialistic, and really lowest common denominator stuff and that's what they want and that's what they have become and that's the crowd they want to cater to and on that note oh and and on that note i want uh it's what i wrote on my instagram you know like it's time for paris to shut the fuck up about being the capital of sophisticated luxury because you've sold out to american pop culture you've sold that notion out years ago you're no longer the capital of sophisticated luxury the best designers who show in paris are japanese and belgian they're not even french and you know what you are what you are doing is you know catering to american pop culture which is global pop culture right now and 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 that's it that's that's who you are i mean it's completely true I couldn't agree more. And, you know, some of my French friends saw the show, they're not in fashion. And one of my friends who works in perfume, actually, she's from Paris, said to me, oh, you know, I'm, I'm actually disappointed because I thought that Bernard Arnault would have some notions of what elegance means, of some notions of what Louis Vuitton stands for. Because at the end of the day, there are elements in Louis Vuitton as a brand, which are quite beautiful, you know, and, yeah. Yeah. and what are we left with here? You know, as yeah. you said, something that is really crass, uh, materialistic, vulgar, ugly. It's, um, yeah, it's, um, it's he only cares you know, about money. Sad. He only yeah. cares and, about money. And another thing I don't know if you noticed, but I thought that was an alarm bell and very strange that there were a uh, woman I mean, there were female models on mm-hmm. the runway, and I thought, oh, 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 what's going on at Louis Vuitton now? <laughs> you know, if I were in the women's wear studio right now, I think I'd worry for my, I'd worry for my job. That was yeah. very, oh, well, well, yeah. That well, you know what's going to happen? They're going to hire Kim Kardashian after after this year. <laughs> I guarantee oh you, this oh is what's God. going to happen. Did you I see what I'm she was wearing? I'm doing, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. It was camouflage, camo shapewear. I don't know what you want to call it. It, it like, was camo leggings and bra <laughs> yeah. and a fanny pack. And I was like, 
and I wrote in my IG stories like, oh, I went to my Pilates studio in Venice Beach, but somehow ended up in Paris. It's weird. <laughs> Because that's what it looked. Yes. But that's what she looked like. I'm like, you are at a Louis Vuitton show, front row, and that's what you wear. No, but I mean that's the whole point. It's that you know there's absolutely no notion of elegance there. I mean nothing. Mm. No, as you said, you know, no sophistication, no elegance. It's like it's just the the lowest common denominator, and it's it's a mass product, and it's a mass audience, and again, it's about mass entertainment. You know, we're yeah. going back to this story again. It's a spectacle. It's an obscene amount of money spent on a show. It's basically flying all these people over, doing the choir, doing the, the singers, all that stuff. And it's a massive display of of strength and power and domination. It's about world domination, you know. Yeah. yeah. It was very clear. And that's why there was so much so much military battle mm. wear and why there were so many references to that. It was just about, you know, just capitalism in its kind of, yeah. you know, yeah. most kind of ugly form. <laughs> you could, yeah. you know, it's yeah. really, uh, it was kind of obscene. Yeah, it was really obscene. Yeah, it was really then like for me, and um, I, I don't know if you went, did you go to Hermes? No, I didn't go to Hermes. No. No. Okay. No. This was such a 180 and it was so pleasant for me. And okay, Hermes is a very new thing for me. Um, being invited and going uh but it was complete opposite and hmm. okay they had basketball players in the front row too like that's all fine you know they also have to play the game yeah i suppose on on some level but it was all hermes you know what i mean like hmm. the basketball players came to hermes they weren't the thing they weren't the center of the thing no and it, you know and the center of the thing was Hermes. It was this really just gorgeously made uh, clothes. Okay, you know, you and I are not going to wear it. It's not our style. But the savoir faire that went into, because I also went to the showroom after and I so, so sort of got to touch everything and see everything up, up close. It's beautifully made. Yeah. It's just, an, yeah, it's, it's, you know, they're kind of like really like the only torchbearer left. Um but oh, in a way, that. that's what a lot of people associate with French style, which is discretion. You know, mm -hmm, discretion, exactly. quality, timelessness, beautiful craftsmanship. This is a designer, Véronique Nichagnon, who has been with the house for 35 years now, which is a record. Yeah. You know, uh, she's been there since 1988, and she's been refining, honing a perspective of menswear at MS. She knows exactly, I mean, it's a woman as well. That's worth yeah. you know, underlining that this is a yeah. female designer who's at MS doing the men's and, and the clientele loves it and it, it has a reality. And, you know, I think it's, it's yeah, it's the other coin of, of French style, I guess, you know, but mm. yeah. although yeah, in a strange yeah. way, I felt that a lot of Farrell's silhouettes were very japanese and you could see that you know he spent a lot of time there and he likes a lot of japanese designers because you could feel the influence things like the kilts yeah. the tailoring the sharpness the mini jackets mm -hmm. all that stuff mm -hmm. was very you know the uniform the idea of a uniform that was very japanese as well no. yeah yeah no i agree like i said some clothes i was looking at them and i was like okay actually i mean these are not bad clothes like mm. these 
they're fine uh but yeah just the just the gross spectacle around them and then him on instagram showing off like oh i made a bag that's gonna cost a million dollars because it's got like diamonds everywhere and it's like this is so disgusting <laughs> yeah, but the thing is you can already you can already feel the lines outside the stores and people just like begging to have that stuff you know queuing for sure. it, waiting for hours everything's gonna be sold out it's gonna be a massive commercial success yeah. and uh mm -hmm. and they're gonna make even more profit and even more money i mean it's it's unbelievable yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no it's true it's it's true uh you know going over other uh big lvmh houses well let's talk about on... terrible givenchy and how i mean can it get any worse <laughs> it was already really 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 bad it yeah. got worse now so i mean is there anybody yeah. on the titanic left i mean is, is anybody doing anything uh, there who's directing I what i don't know what's going on with I that wrote... it's like a ghost ship yeah, yeah, no, it's true. And, and and kind of actually, if you think about it, since Tishi, they kind of haven't been able to find someone. And they don't know what that brand is. They don't know what it should be. No. They don't know how to remake it for 21st century. Uh, it's really been floundering. But I, I made notes for both Givenchy and Dior that both, that they're either bland or bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Like the, the, there is nothing else, and and I think both are going for blandness now. They're like, okay, we did bad, <laughs> and now we're just gonna make it bland, you know. And well, Dior for me was more Zara than ever. I mean, I said it before, but it's you know Zara for the rich. I think this time yeah. it's the same yeah. for men. I mean, it's just you know, it's like stuff we've seen before and nothing interesting like oh give us a crop trousers little polo shirt give us a nice mm -hmm, little jacket mm -hmm. some sneakers yeah. little collaboration and here we go you know we're done you know yeah and it also the, the whole, boring yeah and again this this whole thing about the models i mean coming you know they were like this whole thing about the show where they were up and down up and down and everything i mean gautier did that before mcqueen did that with many people did that before it was just nothing nothing yeah, exciting yeah, yeah. and I, I don't know i mean this guy is like also he's another one that makes everything he touches incredibly boring also fendi mm -hmm. women's wear i mean hello and fendi <laughs> yeah. couture you know what's yeah. that yeah. you know i mean it's yeah, yeah. I'm just okay. was happy that merciful, mercifully he's gotten away from literature and like okay at least there weren't, weren't books in the background so that's good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, it was so utterly bland. And and what is this vision? I'm like, who are these men? What is their vision of of what men? are like they just i also felt again it was like little boys little teenage boys you know this kind of fixation of with prepubescent you know bodies and and again that's something that we talked about last time i'm super tired of this i don't want to look at this it bores me and yeah. uh and yeah it's, it just feels old-fashioned but i'll tell you one thing that i find is interesting we didn't talk about this like sportswear is dead i mean you don't really see it anymore mm -hmm. you see a lot of tailoring and you see designers trying to make tailoring look cool and as comfy as sportswear 
but we didn't see a lot of tracksuits or a lot of demnisms, you know, this time. I think yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. that whole aesthetic yeah. and that whole language is, is dead. So, I mean, you know, I think it's, uh, yeah. it's quite nice that it's gone. Yeah. yeah. You know what I, well, so on that, I'll say, uh, you know, TBD, let's see if the people will follow uh, because that mm-hmm. remains to be seen whether in, uh, in the, age of complete casualization i think it's a big question mark whether the audience will follow and on that note once again um i also wish that designers would just stop listening to trend forecasting agencies Mm -hmm. because seeing all those high waists those those like super high waists at at uh at loewe and at recoins yeah i was like it's 2023. I guarantee you, no one, no one, no man will buy those pants. The, the, a couple of fashion victims will. Yeah. But these are not function functioning clothes. No one's gonna walk around city in in high ways, you know, in, in like trying to have a, a drink or lunch, or you know, even try to sit down. Like, yeah. At, at some point, like these you know, trend forecasting things, like they're just absurd. No, I agree. At the same time, what I find interesting about the high waist is that it's the opposite of a certain kind of, you know, nonchalance and a certain kind of, um, and that's the thing that I liked about Rick as a proposal. I thought it was very difficult to wear, but at the same time, he's sort of saying, you know, everybody's going baggy, relaxed, loose, comfortable and he just went the opposite way and i thought it was kind of like a Mm -hmm. cool statement from him to do that and to go back to you know these shoulders and that waist and this shape and something quite suffocating something that was about formality about discipline you know and i think Mm -hmm. not a lot of people were worried but the signals that it sends to men is that it's time to you know smarten up again and it's time to think about the body and and i think the whole thing with sportswear and hoodies and everything is that the body was disappearing the body was like camouflaged almost in a way yeah and now i thought this return to structure and formality was interesting but it was quite extreme you know, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I was looking at those boys that were walking Rick's show, and I was like, "There is no size inclusivity here." <laughs> <at all." laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, but no. yeah, it looked it looked cool. I mean, this proposition, but I was like looking at those like concave chests and the twenty four inch waists on men. And I was like, oh, this is- yeah, it would be interesting um, yeah. to see it in a 38 ways, you know, just what it looks <laughs> right, like. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I talked to Rick um, backstage and I loved what he said, you know, this kind of, it, it's about grim, determined elegance and sort mm-hmm. of in, in, in the face of uh, sort of the world falling apart <laughs> okay, and the culture of an, and the culture of entitlement. Uh, mm-hmm. This is what he said that unprompted and it felt good to hear it from him because, you know, I've been saying this for years, like the culture of entitlement that we live in is absolutely out of control. And he remarked on that. And he said, like, he said, like, none of us, like, we don't deserve shit. You know, like, why, like, why do we walk around thinking that we deserve 
everything. And and that was like, yeah. and maybe in that way, you know, the constraint of the clothes. Yeah, you have to make an effort to mm-hmm. get into the clothes. They demand. That's why I think it's it's about discipline because it's about how far you can push your mind and body to get into a certain shape, you know. And it always reminds yeah. me of Mr. Pearl. Uh, making his corsets and wearing them. It's like, you know, how far can you push the body with your mind and how trained can you get to become this sort of figure? And I think I understand the philosophy behind it. And I think it's it's quite powerful. And I think it's Mm -hmm. about patience, hard work, discipline, respect. It's also about, you know, awareness. And uh, yeah, Yeah. to me, what he said to you, Uh, completely makes sense yeah yeah he also i loved because i asked him do you feel like there is lack of elegance out there obviously it was a rhetorical question of course there is (laughs) 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 And, and and but he said yeah absolutely and Mm. you know this collection is a reaction of that and Dries van Noten's collection was a reaction to that. But I asked Dries the same question backstage and he was like, he immediately backed off. He said, oh, you know, no, I don't want to preach. This is just a preposition. And I was like, but you're a major fashion designer. Isn't preaching sort of part of your job, actually? Like making a statement? Why can't you say that out loud? And it was... I mean, everyone knows we both love Dries to death, but it was like, I was a little bit like on the wider note. That's why, that's why I don't talk to designers anymore. Like all the responses are just like so carefully measured. Like they, you know, they yeah. barely say like what they really think. And I was like, come on, Dries, like you, that was exactly what you proposed. It was such a beautiful collection for mm-hmm. me. And, and, and it was interesting to me and maybe because I went from Rick to Dries, they, they, they were adjacent in my schedule, mm-hmm. but in their very, very different ways, they made a very, very similar proposition and they talked about the same things. And Dries was very elegant, you know, very elongated. Yeah. Uh, there was this one coat, a trench coat beige that just like blew my mind. Uh, uh, sorry, Philip. It was bone color. It was not beige. I know we're not allowed to say beige <laughs> in this podcast. Um, yeah, it was very, very elegant, very flowing. As was Rick. Rick was very flowing, very elegant, and it was like, in some ways, they're diametrically opposed in in their aesthetic. But it was for me very interesting to draw those parallels between the two designers. Maybe it's a message about formality and the pleasures of formality. You know, mm-hmm. and how men forgot about that and forgot about being in a tailored garment, how your body is supposed to move your posture, how you change things, how you move around in a different way, how your gestures become different. And maybe, but it's funny, I, I missed, unfortunately, uh, uh, Dries show, but I went to the, I went to the showroom to do a Risi and I wasn't too keen on the collection. I was a bit disappointed. I was mm. expecting like more dressisms. I was expecting, you know, prints, colors, something very, maybe a bit flamboyant. And I didn't get it this time. So it was very controlled. A lot of the tailoring was beautiful, but, I, you know, in the showroom, it looked actually very commercial. 
it looked mm. quite safe, strangely. Maybe on the mm. runway, it made a, a bigger, a bigger impression, but in the showroom, it looked extremely commercial. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I think it was, I don't know. It was maybe safe from him, I guess, because he stuck to what he knows how to do the best, which is coats and jackets, you know? So, right. I don't know. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I did not go to the showroom, but I'm not. Sur- uh, I'm not surprised by what you say because actually, Dries's proposition is actually very easy. Once you take it apart, mm-hmm. those are very wearable, um, very easy to wear clothes. Yeah, and he's he's always done his arm uh, garments have always been forgiving. Hmm. You know, on some level, like the. The shoulders also, like the body is never like quite constricted. Even I bet you with those uh, coats, they were cinched at the waist with the belt, and I'm sure like they're actually very um, easy, easy to wear. But I'm not surprised. Yeah, because that's the thing yeah, we course. saw. That's the thing we saw at Prada, right? This ridiculous cinch waists, like this oh female, God. female waist, this corset waist with these massive shoulders. Yeah. I mean, what was that again? You know, like dressing dressing teenage boys in, in granddaddy's clothes. I don't know. I'm just like, no. It, it's funny how we're actually talking about the same things between Ruff and Rick, and it's interesting to see how Rick can make the same, de- you know, details of a silhouette, like daring and exciting. Mm-hmm. And with Ralph, they're just like the, the opposite. It's gimmicky of... with Ralph, yeah. But I think with Rick, it's like, it's part of the whole look, the entire collection, you know? It's like yeah, everything yeah. is about this kind of restraint. So every single look is about that. And that makes a creative statement, which is much more complete mm-hmm. in a way. It's like, you know, it's a complete, the completeness of it. Is more satisfactory, yeah. whereas for Raf, it's just like a few things here and there that is throwing around, and it doesn't yeah. feel believable somehow. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, did you go to Yoji? No, but I watched it, and I, I wanted to talk to you about it because, in a way, I think that Yoji also makes tailoring that is attractive, and he makes tailoring look easy and fun and there were a lot of you know messages again and funny things mm-hmm. written on the clothes and prints and you know sometimes i find the presentation a bit slow but this collection <laughs> yeah. i thought i'm sure there were really beautiful pieces and i don't know it just felt very very chic very kind of dandyish mm. very you know um, yeah. a bit 20s but like you know not <laughs> not our yeah, 20s yeah, yeah. you know yeah. yeah it was kind of yeah what did you think was, about it uh i also didn't go okay. uh but i also looked at photos and i i liked it i liked it i liked it a bit less than previous other collections and I know why it was a little bit too loose for my taste okay. because usually, usually, you know, he's very good with the shoulder, mm-hmm. which make the rest of the loose tailoring streamline and loose at the same time. Yeah. And I felt like this was a little too, 
unrestricted for my taste. It but was what, very but fluid. I, it was very yeah, yeah. languid, fluid. It was kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I do love Yoji's vision of masculinity. And like I've said before, I'm like, why are Yoji's models the only ones who look like they actually read books? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they have this like adult, intelligent way about them. And I totally agree with you. It's enough of this emasculation. Um, yeah, which again is so uncomfortable. In a way, and yeah, also yeah. Unia. I don't know these punks. I mean, I was kind of like some pieces were nice. I like the patchwork vests and everything, mm -hmm. but I was like, okay, are you giving us this again and again and again? You know, like maybe time to move on from the anger and go to it. It felt mm -hmm. out of sync a little bit with the moment now in menswear. This aggressive punk thing. I don't know. I just mm -hmm. didn't didn't really feel it. But there were other Japanese collections that I thought were amazing namely uh, sakai which was wonderful yeah. and uh, and color i also loved color you know mm -hmm. for totally different mm -hmm. reasons but sakai i mean i don't know anybody who can make clothes that are poetic urban modern um i mean she's also a modernist in a way i wanted to you know yeah discuss that with you the same way that rick is she's a modernist because everything is very urban it's about today but there's a sense of romance there's a sense of couture as well in the clothes mm -hmm. there's a sense of i don't know a, a sense of drama but it's very contained and i think that makes everything really desirable i thought the show was beautiful it was really yeah you know, yeah no i agree it was maybe the show of the season it was so i mean she just keeps going from strength to strength it was just so and clear so you know such a strong clear direction from a designer and from hmm. beginning to end even the card collaboration looked spot on everything yeah looked, it was you know. it was amazing i was like this is what a collaboration is supposed to look like it's not supposed <laughs> yeah. to be just two logos mashed together but she exactly, really puts exactly. her signature on everything like she and does like, yeah, she does and it, it was yeah and i think she's you know she's very very powerful she's very influential and yet she's very quiet you know so it's mm -hmm. uh it's quite fascinating but i, I yeah i really enjoyed the show well, it was great yeah, yeah yeah me too even though we almost got heat stroke <laughs> and color i also loved because it was that mix of mountaineering and a bohemian vibe it sort of things yeah. you know peasant dresses and the 60s and the 70s and the colors and all this patchwork and yet it had this sense of utility but it was poetic and mm -hmm. so sometimes when i looked at some of the pieces i was like my god there's so much work you look at these patchworks they're so intricate they're so difficult yeah. to make and he works really hard you know to get these mm -hmm. results mm -hmm. and yet it felt effortless i mean it was the show yeah. was beautiful yeah 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 no i agree uh i also love that and yeah i mean i think we both have been following color for a long time and he continues to be very underrated outside of japan which i find quite surprising and i mean for those who don't know uh you know he's the husband of chitose abe of sakai and uh, it's interesting how Sakai has blown up and Color has not, even though it's so strong in its own right. Yeah. Um, the only thing I did not like about the collection and a couple of others, and I made a note 
of that designers who have never ever put a logo on their clothes are starting to do that and and i saw that mm-hmm. that color and it felt disappointing and at least okay. i was like at least don't put that on the runway you know put mm-hmm. that put that in the store fine we understand it's a logo mania you know so much for quiet luxury um and even Sakai, even though they, they did it whimsically, they did it well, but it was like on the shoes and it was on some shirts. And okay, they made it into a kind of a, almost like a Hawaiian, you know, oh, yeah, flower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they made almost yes. like a flower out of it. Those like flower yeah. uh, um, uh, appliques. And, but I was like, ah, you don't need it. You don't need it. No, I mean, at the end of the day, you don't need it. And I think there were enough, I mean, there were enough, you know, propositions in the show not to have to touch that if you don't want to do it. And I, it's true that it was a logo at the end of the day, but it didn't really bother me. I mean, I think I was just taken by the whole, I don't know, the silhouette and, and the way that it, it it just felt like something flowing very seamlessly. And it was, you know, from beginning to end, it was like very, I don't know, very smooth, you know. it just mm-hmm. It just made you think that, you could be dressed in a really interesting way, look great, and at the same time, uh, not be over the top. You know, I think it's kind yeah. of what I like about it. Yeah. it. It has design elements, but it's not, it's not in your face, never. You know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, but and at the same time, very eye catching. Like those are not minimal clothes. Yeah, because they're quite sculptural. That's the thing. There are a lot of elements that are architectural, sculptural. That's for me, that is maybe the couture injection in a way, you know, that there's this kind Mm -hmm. of drama, but it has to be urban. And and it's something that she talks about all the time, you know, that it has to be everyday urban, big city clothes. And I think Mm -hmm. I like the energy that she has, you know, it's uh, it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also, on a related note, I really liked Lemaire this season. This may have been Beautiful. his best collection to Beautiful. date. Um, and Lemaire, I remember someone asked me a question once, like, have there been designers where you've had a change of mind where you didn't like and then you began liking it? Lemaire is one of them, you know. Yeah. Um, I've really grown to, but he's also developed because because it really used to be like where I'm like okay I put it in this category called there is better stuff <laughs> when I'm like it, it for designers who are like yeah the, this is nice but why would I buy that like no the collection is huge I actually went to the showroom and it's massive now I mean he has an amazing space, which is Place des Vosges. So it's a beautiful showroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I mean, just the bag and shoe collection is is massive. I mean, they're doing really well yeah. with the bags, which are very, very minimalistic. You know, it's very yeah. discreet. And what I find fascinating with Le Maire is the fusion between East and West. He's, the, you know, yes. he's a French designer, but all his inspiration, principles, ideas come from China, Japan, mm-hmm. South Korea. Mm-hmm. You know, he really, really loves his cultures. And in France itself, uh, he's not that famous and he doesn't get a lot of press. It's really funny, you know. 
And I think he, yeah, pro- yeah, it's, he probably yeah. does like maybe almost half of his turnover in Asia, you know, which oh, does, doesn't uh, surprise more. me. I guarantee you it's yeah. more. I, I was in Tokyo three months ago and I was like, Le Maire, Le Maire, Le Maire, Le Maire, Le Maire, Le Maire. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. No, no, <laughs> you, see, you, see, you see a lot of people also saw a lot of women in Paris wearing the bags, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, Yes, me too. Yeah, and yeah. what is nice about it is that it's, it's actually true design and there's no branding, there's no logo. It's, uh, again, you know, it's quality, it's discreet. Uh, I mean, discretion is something that I'm thinking a lot about right now because I think it's something that's missing in fashion. But, you know, somebody wearing Le Maire looks distinctive, but you don't know what it is. There's something about the look that is pleasing, but you can't put a finger on what it is. And in a way, that's quite French, you know. So French Mm -hmm. with this this kind of Asian twist, you know, this sort of like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's cool to see because usually when someone says, oh, I'm doing like a meeting of East and West, it will be like a Japanese designer. It won't be a European designer. You know, it will exactly. be the other way around. Yes, It yes, used yes, to yes. be that. It used to be, you know, we've had, you know, even like Poiret and so on, right? Like influ- influenced mm-hmm. by uh, East Asian culture. But we haven't really seen that outside like a collection here and there but not in an aesthetic sort of itself yeah and yeah yeah his lamaire has become really yeah i've had a real turnaround uh about him and i'm really kind of uh enamored with what he's doing i was a bit upset that they actually did not invite me for a Risi. like i emailed them and mm-hmm. They said, uh, uh, like, they just never reply to my request, okay. which is strange. But yeah, whatever. next time, you, next you sh- time. Yeah, we go together if you want. I have to go and see it because yeah, it's yeah. really, you will like the clothes a lot. It's it's your kind of thing. And it's it's sort of very, it's very elegant, but in a restrained way, you know. It's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's hard to put a finger on what it is, but it, it yeah. works. It really works, yeah. but it, there's a certain respect behind the clothes as well there's some there's an Mm -hmm. integrity there's a respect and there's something very calming and soothing also about his aesthetics you know there's no aggression nothing is in your face nothing is confrontational it's very sort of you know it has a it has a almost like a peaceful quality yeah and i think this this kind of spiritualism or this kind of spirituality that you feel in his clothes comes from you know asia it comes from this kind mm-hmm. of traditions and the clothes are infused with that spiritual energy it's really nice yeah it's really special. no i agree yeah. it, it's also has been styled very well i don't know if he switched changed the stylist i don't know if what it used happened? to be Benoit Betume, so I'm not sure if it's still him, another Belgian. Mm. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, no, it's um, he started with Samuel Drira, who was much more right. radical and much more uh, statement, let's say, more dramatic. Mm-hmm. I mean, Samuel works with uh, Head Miner and he works okay. with Uma Wang, so you can see, you know, it's kind of like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but I think it's Sahalin, you know, who brought... His former, uh, his former wife, who brought this kind of sensuality 
that Christoph mm-hmm. didn't really have because Christoph is quite square also in the way that he yeah. things. But, <laughs> well, but, and that's how it used to be where I was like, oh, it's a yeah, little too close to It was to a little Uniqlo. bit rigid. It was a little bit rigid. Mm-hmm. And I think she brought something that is more intimate, more sensual, more more fluid. Yeah. And I think ever since then, it's been really successful yeah, yeah. commercially. And he well. acknowledges it because they take yes. a bow together. At the and end they do of interviews the together now. So she's definitely an integral part of the story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What I, on the same note as what you said, this kind of quiet sophistication, I was thinking that the, I was looking at Vetmont, I was looking at Jacquemus, I was looking at Ludovic de Saint-Sernan, and I was mm-hmm. thinking this shock value is really dead. Yeah, and it felt good to think that for me because I was look like I st- looking at Batman. It was like oversized on top, oversized like we're gonna blow it up to cartoonish propo- uh, you know proportions. And I thought, you're not shocking me. You're not shocking anyone. Like this is just this is dead. This whole well, shock other proposition. People did it better. Other people did it better. Yeah. I mean, Gareth yeah. Pugh did the silhouettes much better, and he did them like 15 years ago. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, it's yeah. also a copy of other people as well. It's derivative. Yeah, yeah no, no, so the I'm shock value. This, yeah. yeah, and every, anything that feels forced at the moment is also out. You know, like this Jacques Musso in Versailles with models hold, holding the bags in front of them. You know, this kind of desperation. <laughs> buy my new bag, buy my new bag. No, li- literally whole, telling people, you know, like, <laughs> buy the bags. Like, no, but that's what, clothes, that's, that's what it says. That's what it says. And again, that's what I always say, that the uh, for many of these brands, uh, the acce- I mean, the clothing is the accessory of the accessories, you mm-hmm. know, and the clothing mm-hmm. is irrelevant and the Jacques Michaud yeah. there were no clothes it's just this model holding these bags you know and it was really yeah. it was the so whole ridiculous and, so it pretentious was the, those, super pretentious it, it was yeah. super pretentious uh of course everyone who was there loved it according to my Instagram stories they were like ferried around by boats and it 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 does it did feel this whole like uh last days of the ancien regime yeah. like uh like before the guillotine <laughs> gets rolled out totally and had totally. start to roll yeah. because this shit is so uh ridiculous and so unhinged and so detached from the real world and it's also and all, all the these- cliches you know it's so stereotypical yeah I mean, and and what what the the lack of the clothes like all these like terrible clothes what it really highlighted which is what everyone knows about him is really the lack of skill. Yeah. So you like you're trying to do this whole Marion Toinette thing but you've got nothing. Like in terms of skills like you can't like it's not even you, him. You, you're it's not, not John Galliano. No, you know, it's like not even is... his universe. I mean it's like Nicolas Jesquier the Isola Delba doing all these Galliano dresses and and then there's like a speedy next to it and you're like what the fuck you know i mean what is this you know <laughs> it doesn't work and it, it's it's kind yeah. of that really shocked me actually at the vuitton show the the jarring contrast between the bags and the clothes you know and mm-hmm. i mean it's clear by now that uh, the i mean jacques mus is all about 
bags. I mean, that's really where the money sure, is. Sure, and, sure. and that's how they build an empire. And that's how they can afford to be Avenue Montaigne, you know, the most expensive location, probably mm-hmm. in Paris and have a store there. Yeah. It's, it's all about the bags. So they are really trying to have more of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Come up with no, and he's really no. captured this whole Instagram culture very, very well because it's all ab- it's all about people taking photos for their Instagram. You know, hmm. there, there's no there there. <laughs> like there is no substance. No, and it no, it's completely vacant. And 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 at the same time, you know, what I found funny with with people holding the bags in their hands in front of the photographer is that you know it's not even trying now to. To disguise it as fashion it's not even trying to say oh no but the bag is styled somewhere no it's just saying this is what it's about there's no yeah, clothing yeah, here yeah. you know this is not what that's not what we're selling you know we're selling something yeah. else here and it's very clear yeah i yeah. wonder if this off the charts cynicism will sort of come back to haunt them and will go out of fashion. I don't know. I mean, we know that Balenciaga is dead in the water. Um, I'm actually really and, excited to see what they're going to come up with in September, you know, during mm, women's wear. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's a bit of a weird time for them, you know, and now it's all gone very quiet. Nobody talks about the brand anymore. Yeah. So and their sales have tanks, you know. Yeah. yeah, and their sales have they tanked, have especially yeah, they in have. America. They didn't reach. You, they didn't reach the goals that they set themselves three years ago. No, 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 no. They didn't. Mm. No. And you kind of, I have to say, mercifully, now that I think about it, well, there was none of it in Paris at all, except you know, I, I did see it here and there uh, on people who did not get the memo, uh, obviously, but. Even in the streets, now that I'm thinking, even in New York, I'm not really seeing it all that much. Uh, maybe I need to get out more. The weather has been terrible. But- no, but you're <laughs> right. I think it's almost like cataloged now as vintage. Like this is the look mm-hmm. of 2015 or 2016. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the look. Yeah. And just like Vetements, you know, I mean, that's already vintage now. I mean, it is. It is yeah. because I saw a few people, a few definitely fashion people in it. And I was like, oh, is that, are we already? It's only been, <laughs> It's barely it's 10 like years. It's barely 10 years. I know. Oh, my God. This is insane. Oh, come it was on. really funny. I saw someone with the silly Antwerp t-shirt. Silly and then I saw... <laughs> someone with this just like a vetement t-shirt and a couple of other people and i was like oh are we already like these these uh nostalgia cycles are getting shorter and shorter <laughs> no it's crazy but 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 when you think about it yes it's uh it's already vintage because it's so over and it's a look that is completely done to death everywhere so it's just not fresh anymore yeah, but it. Mm. But God knows. I mean, we'll have to wait another twenty years to see if it's collectible or not. I think the first collections of that Demna did for Balenciaga will be extremely collectible. But I think the rest is, you know, just merch. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, any? Have you discovered any new brands this time that you were excited about? As far as runway uh, is concerned, not really, actually. Um, there were a few debuts. There, there were actually a lot of Japanese brands back this time. I felt like uh, 
yeah. on the calendar. A lot of Japanese designers, yes. but yeah. I cannot really think of, you know, um, anybody making like a super strong statement, you know, but what I see mm. a lot and particularly in showrooms and that's really refreshing is very young designers uh, coming up with, you know, intricate clothes, beautiful fabrics. Like they, I call them, they're a bit the children of, of Helmut and Damir Doma. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, it's this kind <laughs> of like functional romantic sort of thing. And, um, yeah, there are quite a few designers that, that are coming, but it's too early to say, you know, who's going to be, who's going to be the strongest. So at this point, what about you? Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that I was most excited about was Sechu uh, by mm-hmm. Satoshi Kawata, who won the LVMH prize. Yeah. Uh, and, well, he really deserved it because I spent way more time in that showroom with this collection that I allotted myself. Mm-hmm. But he is a true designer. So he worked with Tishi at Givenchy. Okay. Uh, and most tellingly, he worked on Savile Row at Huntsman, I mm-hmm. believe. So like McQueen, he really knows his tailoring. Okay. And so the way he's very cerebral, the way he approaches the clothes, like every garment, like down to a sweatshirt, can be worn in multiple ways mm-hmm. um uh, there is a sense of humor in it but also really intricate construction so like his signature is kind of what he calls the origami blazer and it's okay. basically blazer that's where you would expect a seam like on lapels mm-hmm. it's folded over okay like an origami so you know you can well, kind of when you pick it up like the lapel kind of can uh, comes loose mm-hmm. but you can fold it like a t-shirt yeah for traveling That's yet nice. it's a piece of tailoring wow um so there was a lot of that there were like t-shirt dresses uh, not t-shirt like uh like these poplin shirt dresses that you could mm-hmm. wear in like a myriad of ways where he was showing me and i was like oh i would never have like expected that you could wear it a certain Wait, fabrics are amazing. He uh, he works on fabrics a lot. He sources his own fabrics. So this was really, for me, a very pleasant discovery. And he's smart. Um, so he, he's Japanese, but he's lived in Europe for a very long time. He lives in Milan now. Um, okay. And he's got a sense of humor, which is also great. Because he was explaining to me the clothes. Uh, and he's like so like this and he just like flips a sweatshirt over it you can look like a japanese designer but you can also <laughs> wear it in a, <laughs> in a uh, regular way and it was yeah it was quiet um it was very very interesting i was very happy uh to see actually somebody who, that I, I forgot i just remembered now one of the highlights because it was the very first show that i saw was butter Mm. Um, you know, on the first day. And that really, I love that show. That really, when you're talking about origami constructions, they did like folded tailoring. Uh, they do things with, they experiment with tailoring. They did upcycled 
handmade pieces out of plastic. They were like really nice prints um, and sort of sensual cuts and things like that. And I really have the feeling that butter is becoming more and more intricate and more and more sophisticated. And mm -hmm. particularly the tailoring I felt was really innovative and exciting. So that show was quite emotional in a way I felt mm -hmm. that was a nice, a nice way to That's start. Good. And I'm curious to see how they're going to hone their signatures and keep going. But yeah, that was thinking about young, you know, young designers that were really, it was quite beautiful. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. What did you think? Uh, did you go to the undercover showroom? Yes, I did. Yes. I yeah. think it's kind of, it, it's always difficult when you see it in the showroom and you don't get right. a proper show yeah, from him, you know, like there are great pieces and, and the collaboration, there was a collaboration with an artist this time. I'm not sure who, but it was quite yeah, fun yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, and Helen I like what the models Helen. were wearing also in the, in the showroom. I was super hot that day as well. Yeah. But yeah, I'm missing, I'm missing the show element. It's a bit like Dries, you know, I, I want to see it in a mm -hmm. runway setting. So it's the same with on the cover. I want to get the full experience of, uh, yeah. No, of I, I really agree with you. I think also with June, like music matters so much, which is part of a mm -hmm. show. Yeah. Um, I had the same reaction. I was like, yeah, there are plenty of cool pieces here and there. Uh, looking at the lookbook, it didn't quite add up for me for something to something that I thought would be ah, like, this is exciting. Mm -hmm. you know? um, but you know, plenty of great clothes. Yeah. yeah you're just uh, missing it, the emotion of the show. You're missing the intention of the show. Yeah. 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 M missing clothes, adding up to something a bit more than the clothes themselves yeah you know the, the this i guess transformation one from clothes to fashion is what yeah because even sakai the show was really simple you know in terms mm -hmm. of where they showed and how they did it it was fairly simple but it worked it was very it was very effective so you don't yeah. need to do something that is you know very theatrical just something that that is true to the clothing and that expresses what it's about and i felt it's uh it's a shame that we didn't get that from him, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah, but there's some. Yeah, there's definitely some cool stuff in there. And yeah, that uh, I think her name is Helena Verhoeven. Um, those mm -hmm. were really cool artworks. Yeah, and it the was. prints were cool. Um, I like the tailoring. Um, Lots I of desirable that pieces that you want to have. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else? I think we've, you know, we've pretty much covered everyone. I mean, Ludovic was also quite funny in a way because people were expecting to see, okay, what is he going to do after the demo the Mester debacle? Mm -hmm. And it was just nothing. I mean, seriously, it was just yeah. like, you know, the same stuff he did before already repeating himself and, and these long dresses. And again, the same as Jacques Mus, this feeling of something that is irrelevant. And also you keep thinking, okay, what is it that you're selling? You know, underwear, like 
fetish yeah. or what gear what, what were you selling or yeah what is it? yeah well it's so another it's, brand that has no substance right like there is no there there no and yet they there say. are so many people from the industry supporting him i mean there were you know rick was there and daniel roseberry was there and mm -hmm. you know olivier roustin was there so he's obviously extremely so well weird yeah, yeah it's yeah, bizarre yeah. it's bizarre he has a lot of support yeah. from very influential yeah. people so, but yeah. this story feels very very manufactured you know like 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 this was made like this is all feels very very artificial yeah, um, constructed. and yeah it, yeah it felt a little i looked at the photos and it it felt like a little it felt like a little chastened after being you yes. know smacked around uh like that um yeah. the most ridiculous outfit was his <laughs> yes no no you're like, right i mean when i saw the first look i was like oh here we go this is about redemption it's the redemption show mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. yeah definitely. and the way the models held hands there was something i don't know what the music was but on photos it felt definitely more chased yes. uh than it was yeah it was more it subdued was. than what it used to be yeah, definitely mm -hmm. less yeah, trashy yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, he comes out at the end. <laughs> it's all spoiled. Looking like <laughs> yes. this, this is temporary. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Well, yeah, I do think uh, we've covered pretty much everything. Um, thank you, Philippe, for coming on. It was a real pleasure to see Thanks you for both having in me, Florence Eugene. and in My pleasure. Paris. My pleasure. Yeah. And all right. hopefully, you know, we can meet again uh, in September. That would be nice. Yeah, absolutely. I already have my tickets, so yeah, I'll see great. you there. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All right. See you soon, right. then. Have Thanks, a great Philippe. summer. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Styles I Guys podcast, hosted by Eugene Rapkin, produced by Patrick Leduc, intro and outro music by Wesley Isolt of Cold Cave. Please support us on Patreon at www patreon.com forward slash stalls i guess thank you for listening